What is up, everyone? Sorry we're getting a little derailed this morning. We wanted to let you all kind of populate in here and join us for another lovely Jammers in did the Rough. Did you just say this morning? As, yes, I did. As always, <laughs> Paige has no idea what time it is, nor what day it is, but he found himself here live on camera to talk with you all. And... We have, I'm rambling. We have our amazing co host, Josh, the miserable winter, Cody, the absolute worst, Waldron, and as always, the disillusioned Paige. What is up, okay. everyone? I'll wait, accept wait. that name for you. You guys are switched. I don't like this. Paige is always on the right. Switch it, Josh. Switch it. There you go. I'm just going to like just kind of start to do my Stanley flexes and just. That's not a flex. You're just a basic white woman now. That's all you are. <laughs> oh, I am. I got. I'll see you in the car ladder line like, in the morning. Yeah, that's I'm going you. like full into like the barefoot shoes. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, you're gonna see me like just like shed deodorant and just be like, nah, the 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 tin foil in the deodorant is actually fucking with your mind, man. I only do <laughs> the aluminum. The aluminum's no. gonna get you. Hey, it could goat yoga. I'm telling you. It's a thing. Goat yoga. Yeah, I'm gonna start renting out my goats. You want you need your lawn mode? We don't, hey, we don't do electrical or gas. Have you ever got goats? But I'm gonna get goats. That's my point. <laughs> goats and chickens in my backyard. Josh, I got have you hypothetical ever seen goats. goats. Dude, the backyards, dude, it's wild. I mean, goats are amazing creatures. Are Especially they? hypothetical goats. <laughs> hypothetical goats. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what Paige has. That's what I have. I got the yeah. best goats in the world, hypothetically. They listen. They don't just eat everything. They only mow my yard. They, you know, pick up after each other. Just the most amazing Is goats. It's like Schrodinger's cat, where, like, we don't know if the goats would eat the grass until we get the goats. Right. Is the cat alive or is it dead in the box? I don't know. <laughs> we're the goats were in my tonight. yard. Would we're or would it not? y'all. <laughs> We're just getting deep away from disc golf because disc golf is in a weird spot right now this offseason. It kind of is. It kind of is. I mean, Scott Withers signed with AGL. That's huge. That's a, that, that's a good move for him, though. Is it? No. Is I it? it is. I think so. I, think I mean, that's Scott Withers' biggest, biggest player ever, I think. I think so. Definitely biggest mm -hmm. player ever. And, you know, Scott Withers doing a lot of sows. Um, and that Sows, which is Southern Oregon Winter Series, covers a lot of Northern Sows. California as well. And so, mm -hmm. you know, AGL is based in California and do a lot of that push up to Northern Cali. So, like, you know, he expands his fandom and his range and, you know, getting some cool, like, maybe Scott Withers discs out there might be might be interesting. But Yeah, but like, also he, it, it pushes him up on the totem pole, you know? Like, now he's, like, at the top with that brand. He's been He's kind of at the top. Well, he was supposed to be at the top with Clash, but... Uh, just not popularity wise, I guess. In no, like, he's still with Clash, like, though. No, he's, he's still, still with Clash, but I'm just talking about like in comparison with like Proctor and Oakley. Like they had a blow up mm -hmm. season. I think Scott was supposed to be the man over there, and then the blow up season uh, with them was kind of un unprecedented and wasn't expected. And because like you had Oakley with you know the popularity uh, with his YouTube channel, is this good? Just taking off, and then Proctor with his success on the course. Because even like Scott had an awesome season, right? We had him. On here when he popped off at Las Vegas, when he popped off on Waco. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, to sign with AGL was, it's kind of interesting. So I'm kind of curious about those smaller brands. If being the man in a smaller brand like that is going to be payoff where it's kind of more like, I don't know, like they're kind of just catering to their own little fandom that kind of doesn't really exist outside of that kind of California area. Like if Scott could actually bring them to the the main main stage, I guess, in disc golf. You think he'll also pull in Gateway just because Gateway and AGL are made by the same? Uh, I mean, I hope so. I think Gateway is making a big push this year. There's, you know, some speculation around like two or three companies that are hopping onto the Gateway molding in plastic. And Dude, I will, I will say this: if you are a tomb thrower, this is a tomb. This is, is the the chief that I got. Oh. It. it it mm -hmm. is the microaggression. Uh, no, no, man. <laughs> Come on. Oh my gosh, dude. But this, I know we got, we got Josh with the totem pole. We got you with the chief. I'm just, I'm just, what if it was a fire it right chief? Now. It's not like there's a man, man in it's an avatar. Here. 
Oh my gosh! But yes, not yet. Because there's a tournament like tomb. Calm down. Is that is that why you're selling all your tombs? Because you're a chief man. Well, I don't like expensive discs. You know that. Everyone knows that. But here, wait, conundrum. Wait. Gateway inks their disc. Oh, oh. Can you throw them. Uh, I don't know. Prodigy used it's permanent marker. Thing. Oh, oh. So, do they make Prodigy discs? They mark them the same way. <laughs> Get that tenfold hat on, baby. Let's dive into it. No, I'm curious about like, like, as more people try. I think this. I've heard a lot of people trying a lot of the gateway and exploring some of the gateway um, lineup. Gateway and I wonder drug. what. I wonder what that's no. going to do for their brand if it's going to force people because, like, you know, there's just like a little bit of stigma on Gateway. Um, if it's going to force them to these like little offshores, like of AGL or a hooligan or you know, all of these other little companies that get their discs manufactured by them, if it's going to force them there or if it's going to start to come back to the hub of Gateway and start being successful with them too. Like, what was it, Storm Discs? I think I think they went under though, but Storm Discs used to be is it Storm? Was that that made like the Valhalla and stuff, or was that no? That's uh, Viking discs. Viking, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen a storm disc in a long time, but I could be wrong. You are. I just, I mean, I'm just starting to think about too. Like, are smaller companies able to be successful on their own in this day and age? Like, even like Birdie, right? Like, they've been outsourcing, but if they're going to continue to make an impact, what is that going to look like? Do they need to start to partner with somebody like a legacy or a gateway to fully produce their discs so that they can have them? Because the attention span, I think in disc golf is a little bit shorter right now where having one, two, three, four discs in your lineup, that's been stretched out over two years. You know, you just lose their attention span over the length of that. Do you Mm -hmm. need to go more into the like, you know, a Lone Star approach. Here's 20 molds at you. Whether they're good or bad, you have excitement and things to try. Clash Discs did something similar where you're like, here's 10 to 15 molds, get excited, and then we're going to keep pumping out. Like, here's a cherry, the guava, the, you know, they're going to keep throwing discs at it to get that hype up, but give them the sample size to continue to try your molds. Um, so would you rather have quantity or quality? That's, I, I, think mean, that's could, I don't, I think you can have both. You can have both of those. I think you have both too, but like if we look at like, you know, terminal velocity, they have a quality disc in regards to, you know, the the Ursus, and even to the point to where Eric Oakley is bagging it and loves it. James Proctor was seen throwing it and being successful with it. Here's a quality disc, but why isn't you know? And that's that's the the speculation, right? And this is kind of the conversation. Why isn't more eyes turned into terminal velocity? as a two disc manufacturer because they hit it hit it out of the park with their first mold which is the ursus i'd be hard pressed to find a disc that they didn't do in the ursus that's bad the baseline are just like good dx rocks kc um, pro rocks kc pro rocks exactly with a little bit more stability so they're a little bit more favorable you have a beaten glad like they hit it out of home run but they struggled to pick up traction even with these like kind of pros even birdie right like they capitalized on cupcake last year um and his and success he's gone. and he's gone and that helped with the strike which the strike was a great mold strike was like huge the marbles are part of the year um and now they have these uh the reaches ultra. that are coming out they have the ultra oh, the, which is like a it's like an ursus without a bead yeah i mean a little bit beefier i think but still like but because like you know these are people that you know they're not big manufacturers that come from big money that can do 10 to 20 molds at once, even though like they're disc golfers at the core and they're being successful. What does that like a little bit of struggle look like long-term, right? Hooligan just separated from Lone Star and now is kind of like has four or five molds of their own. That's kind of finding a home for themselves and a plastic manufacturer for themselves because they're small, right? But they're rooted in it. And whereas like Lone Star, which isn't rooted in disc golf, they're rooted in profits and their oil, um, and this is more of a side project and hobby, but they're going to be successful because they were able to kind of just throw out a bunch of stuff. Yeah. You know, they, this, you know, they had the money to, to push out. They had the manufacturing to push out a bunch of molds. Um, you know, that's one, you know, like DM was super small. They were, they weren't a man- manufacturer for a long time. Yeah, but you that's know, a long they, time they ago. Like, relationship. like back then you can do that, right? You can slowly, and you can afford to miss. How many disc mania molds were just whiffs and then they moved on? 
like the PDX. Mm. PDX was a complete whiff. Um, but they moved on from it and they didn't feel it. But like, you know, smaller companies like TSA, can they really afford to have two whiffs in their lineup? And what does that do for them? Yeah, I mean, but currently their lineup though is getting pretty large for the size of their company. Oh, absolutely. I think that's, TSA is starting to kind of push that. They're probably the most successful small molded people that have broken through to have now accessible, you know, good molds out there. But that's also because they had to balance it with something else, which is their art. You know, you look at Mint, mm-hmm. um, and I'm pretty sure like TSA probably outsells Mint, but Mint also has Texas, um, which is, has going for them, you know, but the art's kind of holding them into the game and they continue to navigate, I think, strategically and, and smart, but they're at disc where Discmania was when they started off. Like now they're battling quantity issues and, you know, they're not pushing out. Like last year was the year of Aura and it seems like this year might be the year of Nebula Ethereal, um, but they have to do those like specific runs because they can't just do like, well, here's all of the, the, our lineup in pra- our plastic, right? Like Praxis and four plastics. They get like they're not doing that. They're doing Praxis and one plastic last year, two kind of like the same run, but like two and a half versions of that run, right? Like here's the the Oni stamp, here's the turtle stamp, here's the alternate turtle stamp kind of thing. Um, I don't know. Yes. I feel like or give me nothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Things are changing. You gotta try new things. Like there's that what's that one disc that came out that's <clears throat> kind of new? That Captain Raptor that looks all weird looking. The Raptor. It's called with the, uh, the the Captain Raptor with the confetti inside. I mean, they're thinking outside the box. Are they? Jaw- are you talking about the Jawbreaker <laughs> Z? Have the you jar- felt one? Jawbreaker Z. You can Z actually flex. feel the plastic. Like if you run your finger over it, you can feel where they have the specks of plastic in it. It's a little strange. <laughs> okay, Paige is just getting off. All right, Josh, cue us up. That brings have us th- to our second. Have you thrown one? Have you thrown one? All day disc golf <laughs> presents Paige's Jammer as queued up by Josh Winter. That is the worst thumbnail in the world. <laughs> so this week we're talking about the Captain Raptor and Z Flex plastic. As Cody mentioned, it is a unique film plastic. It is kind of comfortable. But you can definitely feel the jawbreaker through it. Um, it is as advertised. It is a crafter of a disc. It is a hog. It is beef. Um, here's my buddies, the lefty, with some one of the smoothest forms I've seen. Um, putting all of his mustard into it and only did it go 220. And here is world famous Dallas Garber throwing it. And surprise, surprise, as he rips it, it is beef. It is also beef for the 13-year-old wonder kid. And what else is there to say about the crafter besides it's just beef, beef, beef. It's one of those discs that um, borderlines, if you have slower arm speed, utility. Um, if you have a little bit like further arm speed, it's still just going to be a hog, as you saw in the video. There's, you know, if you don't want to go more than like 320 with the disc and you want it to fade consistently... That's going to be that disc. If you're a little bit slower arm speed, it's going to be your get out of jail card. Um, I do want to talk about the plastic, though. Um, initially, it was comfortable. It's not super gummy where you're like being able to bend it in half, but it has a nice little give to it, which reminds me of some of those like older champy discs that had some give and a little bit gumminess. But it started peeling. So after that day, you can see separation between the Jawbreaker and the Z plastic, and it did start to peel. And one of the spots was like right where my thumb wants to be or my palm when I grip a disc, right? It was like right on this like little edge. Do you got here. it with you? I don't have it with me. Um, it's in the car. But it is peeling to the point to where it's like if I want to get like, you know how you pick at a scab? If you want to pick at it, you can probably dissect and pull apart the, 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 the Raptor, which I mean, I like it. Because of the the overstability of it, sometimes you just want to like, oh, here's this headwind. Let me hammer something into this headwind. Um, if it turns, I still know it's going to come back. Um, and sometimes I need something more overstable than my Glow FD3. I might reach did, for it, but did you throw? Have you thrown a Z Captain's Raptor and yep. just a regular Z Raptor? Where would you put this stability wise between Z Cap Rap and just a Z Raptor? Uh, oh, it's definitely. I mean between those those things right in the middle right what i'm now, saying it, is it it's because okay. so captain's I raptors just... 
Captain Raptors are designed like you got to not call them Raptors, right? Because they're not Raptors. They're a completely different mold. They're deeper. They're more overstable. They're designed to be more overstable. So I think think something like uh like the Splice and FD3. They're both nine speed overstable, but one is completely different than the other and going to be utilized differently. So the Captain Raptor isn't quite up to the splice over stability, but it's still closer to like some of those old school FAF Firebirds where it's going to handle all of the torque. The, the unique thing about the Captain Raptor, because the Raptors are based like kind of flippy. There's a lot of them that are just kind of flippy, kind of workable. And then you have that the Raptor scale of like flippy to overstable. The most overstable like Raptor, this is still going to be more overstable than that. And so there right now there's a three runs of Captain Raptors, which is ESP, Jawbreaker, and the Z. And that's the order of their stability, right? ESP is going to be the flippiest. The Jawbreaker is right in between them. And the Z plastic is going to be the most overstable for my experience with them. The the only reason I asked is Chris Dickerson did his in the bag the other day. And he said he carries the Jawbreaker because they're the beefiest. And I thought the same as you, where I thought they were not as as overstable as the z captain's raptor mm. so when i, I heard the pro say that i was like a little i was like that seems odd and that's the thing too about some of these overstable discs i think understable disc it's obvious to tell you how you throw and you can start to control it and mimic it when you have overstable disc you're going to run into some of those same things right we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago about the difference of torque, the difference of spin, the difference of power and torque and touch and spin and all of these like different ways. And so they could operate differently based on how people are throwing, right? The people that are going to notice those, those differently are going to be like the same thing of like, you know, Dallas likes the Omen and Ethos plastic, but he didn't like the Omen in any of the other plastics. Um, and I wouldn't even say the, the Ethos is the most overstable. It was just the most workable for him. And I think these these captain raptors are kind of that same thing of if they're thinking the jawbreakers more that's probably true but also i think the z were more color dependent than all of the other runs you know i had a buddy colin ca sports shout out like follow him here on this channel but colin was like adamant about it has to be like red i believe and correct me if i'm calling if you're listening if you're not text me whatever but uh he was color dependent right so it had to be this color but if the green ones are flippier and this pro that you're talking about got a green one or a pink one or whatever colors that they came in and they were flippier, that could be something too because I do think Champion and Champion Plastic and Z Plastic has that little bit more color dependent as well as the manipulation of like the dome to flat to pop top to stiff to all of these things that were slightly out of the control. Um, but to me, like I said, I think Z Plastic is right in the middle. I also think the Z plastic is going to beat in relatively quickly compared to the Z plastic. And one thing that I do when I evaluate overstability and understability of discs, I do account for the plastic, not at a box. If this disc is overstable, like a second run to me is overstable because it can like second run FDs, they're going to take a beating and maintain that stability. So it's overstable. And I will say it's one of the most overstable. Whereas a Jackal run people say is overstable, but because of the swirly plastic, they beat in a lot faster and so out of the box, they might be more overstable than uh, a second run FD. I will always say that it's just slightly less because it's going to beat in quicker. And that, that optimal flight isn't out of the box. The optimal flight is once it's seasoned, how long is that going to last? And what is that stability like in there? And that's how I start to evaluate things. And so the Z plastic, I think, does take a little bit more beating than the Jawbreaker Z Flex plastic. And to me, because of that, it's going to maintain the flight characteristics longer, making it more overstable in my eyes. That's like an yeah. infinite's eye blend. It starts out more stable, but then beats in a lot faster, and then it gets seasoned really well. Yeah, and I think, and I do got to think TSA and their plastics, right? They've really given me this viewpoint on them because to me, Nebula Ethereal plastic, this kind of swirly, this is their champion plastic to me. This stuff can take a beating as much as you want to smack a tree, and it's going to maintain its flight characteristics. Whereas I think a lot of people see the glow are actually the most overstable. And I think the glow are most overstable out of the box, but the glows tend to beat in quicker than the nebula ethereal um, and then hold that kind of optimal flight once it's beat in. And so to me, the glow is going to be underneath the nebula ethereal plastic. The ethos is below that. Um, and then we start to kind of go down to some of the other plastics. I think ethereal is actually the the, the closest to star plastic that I, I've felt with all of their, their lineup. Um, with star? Where, yeah, I would say that. Yeah, but, but but also like the the glow plastic, 
isn't always the most overstable in the runs because like the the glow and like the pathfinder i think it's flippy for me yeah it's because he's got a fucking cannon fucking josh (laughs) hey i will say back back to our jawbreaker what what is with disc lately having this separation problem are they like i think it's how their companies because like the um clash is having that problem with their like double steadies but There's that's like their attempt at it. overmolds, right? So like I know, the difference saying, but... of like Clash is like the overmold and the quality control and the lack of testing. Right now, people are investing in testing because they're just like, get it out there, make our money, and then we'll deal with the repercussions. I think as you explore plastic and how they fuse together, something like the Jawbreaker, they're not injecting them together, right? It's not like a swirl where there's like, oh, here's your swirl injections, and they're meeting up with these other plastic injections, and this is what creates a swirl. I think they started molding it, and in the cooling process, they, like, you know, threw confetti in, or they threw the jawbreaker plastic in, and so it didn't really fuse together because you had different heat levels, and, you know, it it led to some of that separation. That's my guess, but... Well, no, that's what I was saying. I'm wondering why companies are having so many issues with this, because it seems like... They have no quality control. If they had quality control, we wouldn't have... what we could do about this. It's crap. I don't like it. Yeah. Well, and... Be better. And I think too, like, like you think, like the lack of like quality control, right? With Clash, somebody just tore their video apart. And I have a buddy I was looking for Clash. He's like, and I was like, oh hey, I got this Wild Honey with the overmold. He's like, no, I've heard those things have been just been destroyed and fall apart. And I'm just like, well, I threw it. It was a bomber, but that one video is uh, ruining this kind of like small company's vibe. And now their big thing, crap. which is the, which is the what is it the 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 tone the tone plastic uh yes but i that like only came out at the expo so far right oh i I mean i felt one where'd you get it at all day Uh, disc golf no scott withers has i mean he's team clash so scott had it here at uh, sanium open last week and i felt it and i think it felt boo-boo personally what does it feel like it felt like cheap plastic on top so all of the weight is in the rim that's where all the weight is. So you almost gyro. have like this, like this air. They're trying to go go gyro, but they had like this little air plastic of like very soft plastic as a dome, and then all of the plastic is in the rim to add, you know, that. I don't know if it's gonna work. I didn't get to throw it. I just didn't like the feel of it, and it felt, you know. So I'm hoping to make the changes of it, but that's that quality control. Can you afford to do these like you know wild honey and these overmolds that you did fail? And then you double down with the two or the tone and then fail again. Um, mm. What is that going to do for Clash? No, yeah, I don't like it. Solid point. Especially when they're so close together as like release time. I think so. And I think it's a conspiracy. Like, conspiracy. They're also like their weird hype train of like pushing the guava and then just completely abandoning the guava in favor of these overmolds. It's kind of a weird business model. Hmm. But that brings us to Cody and his absolutely mild takes. What is they up, are Cody? Terrible. They are terrible. Um, can my my take this week? No, 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 no. Can can we do something about the crap sleep scale? When buying used disc anywhere, the sleepy scale is an archaic, terrible system that is so subjective. Uh, like, and it's, it's so terrible across the board because sometimes like the sleepy, sleepy scale, nine out of 10 is either new or you played one round with it, or you field tested it. What if I go out there and hit eight trees in that one round? What if I field tested and hit a rock? What if it's new and it comes from the factory like crap? I've had all of those things happen. Uh, and then you just have so many people that just don't talk about ink, which is my, I'd rather have a beat up disc than ink. Let's not talk about that. But it's not but even it's like just... used discs either, right? Like it is new discs. Like you, the moment you get a brand new disc unthrown, they're like, it's a nine out of 10. Nothing is a 10 out of 10. So like, even like your scale is wrong because it doesn't include new and unthrown. And then I you mean, have those people that are like 10 out of 10 for sure. This has never left a bag. I've gotten stuff from the manufacturer that's like in a box rattling around that is like warped and stuffed. And I'm like, eh, whatever. But yeah, whenever, whenever I see somebody that posts a, a 10 out of 10, it's like it's really annoying because somebody's gonna get that thinking it's a ten out of ten. The likelihood of it having zero scratches or defects is 
It's one in a million. It's one in a but, million. There's always gonna be well, something wrong. The, with that. There was a there was a guy running around that tried to do like you know how Pokemon cards go get sent off and get graded and put in a plastic case and they get like graded. There was a yeah. guy running around trying to do that for disc golf. Do you remember that? I do recall. I do recall that that popping up with like the plastic casings. Well, I yeah. do remember the plastic. Was he grading him? He was trying to grade him, and he was trying to set himself up as the grader for disc golfs, where you send it to him, and then he grades them and sends them back. That's just subjective as well. It's just one dude's opinion. I mean, isn't that the whole setup, though? Like, you know, yeah. X and X graded, 10 out of 10, Charizard. Um, I just, I mean, I to your point, the sleeping scale is broken because it's not inclusive or indicative of actually how to look at discs. Um, mm-hmm. You know... Like Cody mentioned, it doesn't include ink, and it should include ink. Heck also, yeah. it's archaic and outdated, and has it updated to reflect the change of even the collector market, right? This has existed before the boom of COVID, and then we're still utilizing it, and then everyone runs on the different scales and assumptions, and then don't get me started on decimal points. The decimal points are I know. No. Like, there's no, no decimals all decimals should be dropped you're a, it's solid numbers only and did you know that there's a separate scale for bags bags are one through six what does that no. even mean someone's like yeah. it's a five out of six bag no 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 everyone if you're selling used discs just record a video of your disc and send it to people that's it that's all you gotta do yeah Soul i mean crusher says to do it but it's also Soul like on a scale of one to, to ten five and below doesn't exist so why are we doing a scale of one to ten why don't we just do a scale of one to five Ooh, we don't even need one to five i don't think we need one to five because i who's think throwing you... a five who's throwing a five a dog are you throwing it for a dog that's all i would throw it for okay so if you could break it down we'll we'll go we'll go around and do each of them how would sleepy you... scale. let me get my pen out i got you what, what is your gotcha. sleepy scale what would you do Paige? what would i do i'm right i'll give it letters a b c d e f oh, oh my <laughs> no, gosh kidding. oh I don't know. I would look at like like I said. I'd reduce it down to probably five numbers. I think five um, is new, unthrown, no ink. Uh, if defects exist, it's manufacturer defects. It's coming like it's how it was shipped, right? Like sometimes okay. this mania ships something and they didn't put it in a plastic bag, so it's like, but oh, this is how it came from the factory. Um, to me, it's just new, unthrown. Here's five hundred five. A four out of five would be, you know, the hey, this has been field tested. It's been thrown. Uh, if there was mud, it's been wiped down and there's no way to tell really that it's been thrown besides me being honest and letting you know that I've thrown it a couple times. Um, three out of 10, then you're starting to kind of get into the use condition of the thing. No ink used, but not abused. Um, two would include ink and slightly abused, um, but still have life left on it. And then one, no life left on it. You're just keeping it because you want it to be utility disc or, you just want IS1 and you want to make $30 off. You know, you want to collect your disc for jerk cheap that's been used and abused and has no life left. Um, and so that's one out of 10. And I just keep it simple like that. Okay. See, I'm even drop it down even more simple, I, I feel. Uh-oh. Is even that like, simple? I feel like having ink is a variable that you can add to any one of, any one of the conditions. Wrong. I think having new. So you're like decimal, but like, hey, no. it's a, it's a, we're gonna, we're gonna narrow this down to <laughs> only two, new or used, but we're gonna go if it's a two, Close. two point Close. one with ink, two point two with, with, go ahead, go Close. ahead. So terrible. new, terrible take, new and unthrown, used. That's it. New <laughs> unthrown, used with Josh without is, ink. Josh still has two new. Or thrown. That's terrible. That's the worst one, Josh. No, it's not. Okay, that okay, okay. okay here, here. I'll add one more addition. New one thrown, used, and seasoned. New, That's it. seasoned, and used. That's just a terrible fucking no. skill. Who no. counts like no. this? Who counts like that? I do. No. You don't Paige, count like that? No, he's like, used, <laughs> new, seasoned. Like, what is happening? Used, seasoned, new. He doesn't but it doesn't matter like, what someone well. tells me what the what their numbers are. I always want to, if I care about the collecting side of it, like, can I see a picture? Can I see a video? And that's how yeah. I'll grade it myself because the sleepy scale is, so, like you're saying, well, even then, the like, how many of those, like, dumb. Uh, buyer feedback do you get of, like, oh, hey, would you guys say 
this was new, used, and abused. Look, look, there's a skid mark right here. Look, it's thrown. Like, you just, I mean. I like the people that say it's bag kept, which in their brain, they kept it in their disc golf bag. It's been bag yeah. kept <laughs> in, my, in my disc golf bag. I had a guy do that to me. Like, one of the first discs I ever bought, he's like, yeah, it's bag kept. I was like, oh, okay, cool. When I get it there, it's all messed up. He's like, yeah, I kept it in my bag. All right. <laughs> so as you. my scale, you got me. If we're if we're going down to five, I would say I'm going down to five. What's your fresh take? Don't don't like Josh <laughs> you got went three, three and five. No, nah, well then I'm going. I would have to say, I would have to say. I mean, but five makes sense because like I, I will give you credit. Anything under a five, no one's buying. That's what you're taking to trash. So five, then if I do 10, five and below is trash panda. That's what you get. You're taking it to trash panda. He's going to recycle it. It's jawbreaker. Okay. I like that. They're like a trash panda scale. Like, hey, trash panda. And now we're talking. Okay. So if I would say the five throwable, a new, so I think new unthrown should be its own. It shouldn't be field tested. It shouldn't be. New unthrown. The way you got it from the factory is a 10 out of 10. Fact. Okay. A nine is field tested and scuffs only. You can't have any dings. You can't have anything of that. Scuffs. Then I would say like an eight dings because, you you know, maybe some small little stuff. Seven would be gouges. Six would be if it's very well seasoned. Five and below is probably trash panda. Take me, recycle me, donate me to a school. A bunch of my discs at school are like beat up dingers crap. And that's fine because kids don't care. It's probably works better for them. But see, I think the problem that exists with a lot of these scales actually is what, like you can't just use one for anything because what determines collector in any type of market, right? Um, and it's going to be different. Discraft, they go crazy for their foils. Discmania, not so much as the foil as much as the stamp. Um, and so you need a scale that I think includes some of that collector side of things of like, what condition is the stamp in if it's just mania? What condition is the, the foil in? And, you know, because like if there's some stamp fallout in it, that's just almost worse than ink, right? Some people would rather have ink on their discs than some stamp fallout because you're only, you're only put it on the wall. You only see this. So there's ink on the back. Some people only want this. I think a good example is uh, there was a ghost shatter I sold Tim. Uh, the Nazman that was his inked shit. Like, right, it was from Ryan Shero, so he just went crazy on the back. Oh, he's I think it was from Ryan Shero, but terrible. like, it just went crazy on the back. But the ghost shadow was still flawless and and perfect. And so he didn't care about the ink because how he's going to mount it and how he's going to flex it is all about the stamp and capturing that stamp. It's still worth some money. Like a Sexton Firebird wiped. It could be a nine out of ten, never thrown, untouched. Beautiful, oh. beautiful disc, but they wiped the stamp. Nobody's gonna buy a Sexton Firebird for what? Can they we just for. talk about some of these people are crazy though? I because like the people that are like, it's not a Sexton. Oh my gosh, it's not a Sexton. Or the remember when the Cloudbreaker X outs came out? The Innova made ones, and they're a hundred percent a Cloudbreaker run. And people are like, no, not a Cloudbreaker. Never. I know seen like, it. the argument is the opposite though, right? Like I have a link with the Cloudbreaker stamp. Is that a Cloudbreaker? It has a stamp. Your argument's just a stamp, right? So yeah, we have, I remember I have a P3X, my argument. Yeah, I have a P3X with the claws. Does that make it an MD3? Yes. My my yes. theory on that was if <laughs> if I take my if I take my Honda out and I take off the Honda badge, is it still a Honda? Yes, it still is. It's just unmarked. But can we talk about the crazy people that ink new disc? I've seen so many people that are like it's a brand new disc, ten out of ten. It just has rim ink. Who does that? What well, monster in this world does that? I mean, my my sleepy scale version accounts for that because no, you can put with ink sleeping... on any. It's a variable on any one of my conditions. One of the three, you can put with no, ink on no, a new one. No, like ink is trash. Ink is the worst thing that happens to disc golf. And who tries to cover it up with like red? Ink <sighs> is the have. worst. That's gonna be my hot take next week. Ink. I'm just gonna have talk about 10 minutes about how ink is the worst thing ever it's terrible ink isn't the worst thing ever <laughs> it's terrible no i think the way that people like some of them do them like and then they still expect top dollar like the people that like colton i know you tip us and you love us but 
Oh Don't my god. Don't ink gosh. your discs that way. When he writes his name, like Cone's like, hey, oh, I got hey. a brand new disc. Oh, oh I didn't like it, guys. <laughs> Maybe $80 for my signature. <laughs> I hope you're listening, Colton, so you can learn. You need you need Jesus in your also, life. Also, send me my first run PD. Ooh. Are we Ooh. calling people out on here? Call, <laughs> calling out Colton at 940. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. But then the notes for next. All right. That's right. Ink with more ink. That's monstrous. Monstrous people. I like I don't know. I wish I still had it. There was this super ink night strike one that was just god awful, but I sent it to Mike Kemp and he died over it and just absolutely saved the disc. Um, yeah, it didn't have venom on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember mm. that disc because yeah. you tried to send it to me. I was like, no, I don't want that. Yeah, you didn't want it. Nah. That's one of my, my first purge of night strike ones, and now I have to go through my second purge. So if you need a night strike one. 10 out of 10, 5 out of 5, 3 out of 3. You let me know. 3 out of 3? Three three? Out of three I'm down for 3 out of 3. That ain't bad. That ain't bad. Still, <laughs> that's still a, a 3. But then, like, what? Meatloaf, 2 out of 3 ain't bad? What, like, what? It's just terrible. Yeah. Three? Because also, like... You can't pick an odd number, Josh. I mean, come on. Well, I guess mean? five's odd, too. It's good. It's because, it's bad, because it's irrelevant. Really you choose. It's, exactly. It's irrelevant. <laughs> because if you are, are if you're getting it to throw, all you need to know is... Is it new? Is it used? Or is it like and well seasoned? A hundred percent. That's why I videotape every disc. I if I sell you a used disc, I'm gonna videotape it because then that lets the person you are going to scale it yourself. Like, I will say, this, hey, this, hey guys, you want to see how night strikes are made? Let's let's record a video. <laughs> Josh, see, Josh, he understands. But I've sent oh. people videos and I just say, Hey, in my head, it's an eight out of ten, you know, and I show them the rim, I show them I don't ink anything, but that lets people choose they because they might say it's an eight it might say it's a seven i i like and it's all subjective right and yeah also so, but when people are them... buying into excitement and hype and then it lands on their doorstep and they want somebody to blame because whatever that's the first thing they're going to always where it's like it's a seven out of ten not an eight out of ten and it's like <laughs> okay what really is the difference but a video is going to showcase a lot of that um i do like I've the video aspect it takes problem. too much time um but also, I'm a thrower at heart, not a collector at heart. I know collectors get a little bit more, more loose with it than than I do. Because like like Josh is saying, if I'm going to throw it, I should know if it still has life left or doesn't. There's my two scale. Can it can it throw and still get the desired flight of that disc? Does it fly like an FD3, or does it fall fly like a CD2? Now you let me know. Um, but some discs like their whole flight is when they get seasoned. That's what I mean. That's the main part I of it. I prefer used it. Well, you see, you're saying seasoned, and I'm talking about does it have life left or not? There's a point past season where it no longer has life left, and it's just done. not my D line FD. Yeah, because you're you're better, baby. what are you doing with your D line FD? <laughs> it's a broken disc for a reason. Oh hey, like let me put on justice? Clyde Kaiser and do like this little barrel roll out of this like <laughs> and go 50 feet. It does its job though, you know. Yeah. Don't be ashamed, Josh. Don't don't be ashamed. So, all right, all right. Let's get let's get some to... let's get some to some some news buzz. Let's do that. News uh, buzz. That's what yours is called. News buzz. Are you a bad? We call, we call new news new buzz? new buzz buzz with, new with, new? with four Z's. Uh, oh, yes. that's and rare air, rare disc uh, sponsors this segment. You can use code Jammers for ten percent off your order. You can get collector discs, new discs, all kinds of discs, rarerdisc.com. Okay, he scales what them I too. want, <laughs> yeah, on three my three. Three out of three. Though, we all talked about it. He's doing three, three now. Out of three. It's new, used, or seasoned. Um, <laughs> eliminate it completely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Udisc, you know, no longer being partnered with the PDGA. What are you guys' thoughts? Oh, I think it's a terrible move um, that gets away from, I think, what disc golf is built on, which is like, you know, some of these like smaller companies that are for the love of the game, building these like little things that help the game be productive and then completely separating from them. Like, I understand there might be a partnership with Stamp Mando. That's good for them. They're out of Washington. Do your thing. But I think there's a world that exists where you can do U-Disc and Stamp Mando together, especially also like for the last eight years. All of your volunteers you've trained to keep score on UDISC as they're following, keep stats as they're following. So now all of a sudden, like you have eight years of sample size of volunteers that have been trained. And there's a lot of people that just love to volunteer and forever volunteer. So now you're asking them to get retrained in a new system to what? Push your own app, your own scoring app, um, which is dumb because you're you're excluding, I think, what what the core of disc golf is. 
which are some of these like Jomez, right? You've already engulfed Jomez into your your system. How long until they start to kick out like, you know, these other media crews that are, you know, Central Coast? How long until the PDGA says, hey, either you pay up or you get out of here. Um, and now they don't have access to the tour and what they're doing. And I remember trying to go to Vegas and they're like, if you bring a filmographer, you have to pay us a thousand dollars and it has to be. So they're, they're already trying to eliminate some of those like smaller scales. Like if I want to bring somebody with me to a pro tour and have them film me and follow me and record me throwing, there's that, that separation. Same thing, Simon, when he was like, Oh, I can't record while I'm playing um, or have somebody record. So it's like, you're taking what made the sport popular, which is the access and you're making it inaccessible and you're doing that by eliminating U disc and that's tough. I don't think that's right. I think it's dumb. Uh, I mean, I, I, I've heard the arguments that they've already, like at least for the volunteers have already already been recording scores and stuff on both apps, the PDGA and Judisc. Um, so I bet there's a lot of people who are excited not to have to do both of them and just do one. Um, but with that, with that said, like you just, cause a household name, like, like, why wouldn't you find a way to integrate that? Like they've, they've been in the game for so long. Um, like think about it. You go to a course, up. course for the first time, pro tour included, you're not bringing up the PDGA app. What are you doing? No. Oh, I've never been here before. Let me pull up U disc and let it help me navigate where mm -hmm. we're at. Well, most courses have a sign when you get there, bring up U disc. Yeah. Like, and it, and my philosophy is if it's not broke, don't fix it. Was U disc causing an issue? I don't think so. Everyone knows how to use it. And I understand what Paige is saying about training new people. My issue with it is 99% of disc golfers that don't have anything to do with the tour that play weekly or bi weekly, whatever, use U disc. They don't bring up the PDGA. I've only used that one time. Uh, and that was in a tournament when I had to keep score. But why why would you go into this and then change it when I, I, I it has to be for money? That's the only reason you're doing well, it. Like, but... That's that's my first thing too, right? Like, uh, how much did PDGA ask you just to pay them for the rights to use their software? Um, like they charge Jomez five hundred thousand dollars a year. You know how much are they asking you just to to help promote them? And then you just said, no, we're not going to pay that because we need the $30 a month. Yeah, then uh, they're like, we're going to make you pay $30 a month and we're obsolete. Goodbye. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's another thing is that they did start to put like a bad taste in people's mouths because of the price hike. Like, I feel like Yuda's price hike is kind of out of touch. Oh, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the biggest hater of the price hike. I've been on record talking loads of shit, but... About everything. PDGA separated from Yuda isn't right. <laughs> And I, and I will say Paige that. is on all, record for talking, talking all and, the time. Like, I don't pay for UDISC. I don't pay for the subscription. But the separation of PDGA and UDISC is bad for the sport. And it's not going to help grow. And it's really going to, uh, what's the word, just monopolize this entire thing that we have going on here. Or are you going to have two separate entities that are now clashing? So instead of, and what's going to happen is the, who's going to suffer? The players. Not yeah. not the companies. They're both going to make their money. They're getting their thirty dollars a month from how many tons of people, and how much money are they really investing into it? I'm not saying they don't do a lot, but where does that thirty dollars from, you know, a million subscribers? Maybe I don't know. I don't know but the be, numbers. But before before UDISC was used <clears throat> with the PDGA, like they were still putting time and effort into development, adding new features all the time. Like just because they work with the PDGA does not mean it's not going to evolve. And that's why I will continue to always pay the fee, pay. whatever ridiculous price it is, because I feel like the people who created it, the owner, the designer, they put so much effort into this thing, and it, it's awesome. The way it's evolved is great. Um, but Josh, do you but, think but, but how does it? But how does it hurt the player? Like you said, it hurts the. Who's it going to hurt? I'm saying if player? you have two companies fighting over disc golf scorekeeping. Where you're gonna have to every week. Well, uh, my my league is using this scoring, but my 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 doubles tournament is using this scoring. Like I don't want to have to go between both. Give me one. The, like I don't mm -hmm. want to have to go to a new course and have to download another app and be like, well, to keep score at this. Like, who knows if it's gonna? And you've seen that happen with different things where you have to use different stuff wherever you go. Yeah. Where I would rather just be one 
cohesive unit where somehow could you mix Statmando and UDisk? I don't know. I'm not a software developer, but so I, it's just bad for people. It's definitely bad for people, I think, and it's bad for the disc golfer, and it's forced a separation that doesn't need to exist. But also, I think a good thing to kind of start to look into, we're only, what, three, four years away from Pro Tour National Tour? We're just three or four years from that 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 combined of them. Are we potentially looking at a split now? Because what the PGA is doing with this monopolizing and this dominance of it, what happens if uh, Gatekeeper Media um, and UDisc get together and they want to do their own tour with all of the things that the Pro Tour has abandoned? Hey, you let go of Vegas? Perfect. Here's this amazing tournament that already has prestige. Throw that on the docket. Hey, you know what other tour they abandoned? De La Viega, Masters Cup, throw that on the docket. What other tour? Like, you can go and look at all of these things that in the last three or four years, big tournaments that are still happening that have been abandoned by the Pro Tour. And now you get these equally as big media companies and uh, content creators that are being abandoned by the Pro Tour. How long until you have this thing that has already built itself because they're happening? Now we just start to attached visual we attach you know coverage because like a gatekeeper is already doing that they're going to these big a tiers and filming like they'll go and film like goat hill right goat hill used to be a big part now all of a sudden it's overlooked it's glossed over the west coast is has two events this year or three events this year and that's it well when do they start to say hey you disc you want to you want to partner together with gatekeeper and we're going to do a west coast coast push and we'll have 10 events that are already happening that already have the funding, already have it, but we're going to create our own tour separate of it. And I think this also, too, there's a new rating system in town that's not the PDGA. And it used to matter because the PDGA was your rating and that's what you would do. But now all of a sudden, this new rating rating system that's being flushed out via UDisc, which also has more numbers associated with it, not just one tournament a year or two tournaments a year on this course, you have thousands of casual players playing it and getting more of an accurate reflection of a rating. When do we start to gravitate towards that? So it's like, hey, keep your pro tour. Go do whatever the hell you want. Here's this new and improved national tour back into the grassroots, back on these big tournaments, and start to see a push with that to rival it. Disc golf civil war. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it coming. could be a, I mean, it could be why... PDGA has been making those moves is because disc golf is growing at a, a pretty steady rate and they're kind of, you know, in at the ground floor, there's nobody competing against them. And so if they keep up this pace while monopolizing a lot of the areas without somebody else coming up from the bottom, they're going to be the powerhouse, you know, 10 years from now. Um, not saying there's anything wrong with that. There's, I don't have that many things that poor to say about the PDGA, but uh-huh. I think, Having one company run the sport is is uh it's not needed. We need something else. We need something. Different. So Colin at CH Sports, pair up with UDisc and create your own thing. Manny, make the make the make the art. Rare yeah, disc, like, be the vendor. I think the husk is already there, right? Like Silver Series is being abandoned this year. All those Silver mm-hmm. Series, there's your tour. Like. Take your Silver Series, follow that tour. That those tournaments are still going to happen because they're good tournaments. Um, and then also when you see like some money get involved, right? Like you think about Saudi Arabia trying to steal James Harden with this crazy amount of money. What happens if you're like, hey, Eagle, you want a guaranteed thousand dollar every tournament you play, and probably guarantee winnings? Like I'm going to pay you a contract, show up to ten of our shows, and each one of those you're going to get a thousand dollars. To cash, well, or even not that level, right? Uh, Drew Gibson. This happened in golf, like you just said. Remember the Saudi Arabia League and mm-hmm. the PGA? The exact same thing happened. They ended up having to buy them out because they became a viable competitor where they're like, yeah, we're paying a bunch of money to come overseas and play. And I think and Saudi Arabia, they're throwing big money. I don't even think disc golf, you have to throw big money at it to, to win them over. Right we'll now give you're you two tour series. I'm there. We'll give you your own disc. Pixel laded. <laughs> <laughs> Same disc. Same disc. So I'm just, I mean, and I think it does, right? Like, there's a reason why 
monopolies aren't good for things. It stops creativity. It stops growth. It stops the ability to continue to push your own business forward. Um, and it takes away from what makes the sport the sport. So I would, I mean, 2024 would be cool if we see the the dying of PDGA, but in that death, uh, an immersion of something better and bigger. You heard it here first. Paige hates the PDGA tour. He wants him dead. <laughs> Call the I mean, FBI. And, and maybe I, like, and yeah, <laughs> I think the PDGA is bad because they're shedding the things that make him great. Like the Silver Series is needed. Being able to watch like again. a Bradley Williams pop off at a Silver Series gets you excited about him on Pro Tour. And then it's like college, like you follow the college star through the NFL. Silver Series is given like when Nate Sexton popped off at Resistance Open, you're like, oh, hey. Here's Big Germ. Here's Sexton. Here's Withers. Like you see these people and you get excited for them. Um, oh, and Cole. Cole was there as well. Uh, but you, you get excited for that card. And this is like what three years ago. Look at where they're at now. And then you can be like, oh yeah, Cole drowning in the rain. Now he just won Ledgestone. You follow his career because of these things that exist, and they're working <sighs> adamantly to get rid of them. And that's fucked up. Easy, fella. Easy. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> All right, well, it's so easy. That's what we end guys, on Guys, thank you for tuning in this week. Um, keep liking, subscribing, Jammers in the Rough Facebook page. I already gave Colin a shout-out, so do your thing. Cody's convinced the Numa and the Pixel's the same disc. They are very close, y'all. They are very close. He's going to test them this week, and he'll have an answer for you next Tuesday. So with that... Please join us Tuesday, 6 o'clock, PST, 9 o'clock, wherever, you know, Cody exists. And keep you mean jamming like where it the head of our rough. government we'll is? We'll see you next week. 9 p.m. Eastern.